Cool. Yeah. Here we are. Hi. Hi, Elijah. This is so weird. You're like a fully grown man. Yeah. And I taught you voice lessons when you were 12. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> we sang a lot of Billy Joel. We did sing a lot of Or Billy. Elton John. Elton John, I think. Oh, I think both. Both. Both, yeah. 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 Naturally. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay, but what were you doing before I came along and made you start singing stuff? Um, I hadn't done any voice. I hadn't done any voice stuff. Um, I was doing just. I was only an acting student because you you came in right around. I think when we switched over from just doing theater. Yeah, well, I have only been here as long as we've been in this building. Right. So. So I think that like that was the beginning of, of us having opportunities to do things other than just right of course so you would have been doing lots of theater yeah i was doing theater a lot of theater i think around that time the uh arts of m started the pod like the radio show oh that that interaction happened oh yeah judd had, was doing judd. that right yeah yeah so that was happening um and then obviously like dance and stuff was starting up. I wasn't doing that. It was, <laughs> it was starting up. Um, yeah, I, I think that that was, I remember like that starting and being, I don't know, it felt like, um, I don't know, it, it, it felt like in retrospect, it was a bit of a, I don't want to say a gamble, but it was a bit of a like a risk of, of we're going to move away from the model we've been doing as yeah. a company before and we're going to expand. And I think that ultimately it was a good thing that we expanded obviously obviously <laughs> but um you know it was a it was a, a it was a move that i think was uh probably not easy i would imagine no so we have to get you know you to come in and we had to get um chuck i mean chuck i think was chuck only, brought me chuck brought you yeah in. um but like it was a it was a big a, a lot big more teachers effort. yeah yes, a lot more teachers and a lot more we needed a building like this where you can have like eight different classes happening at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. You have such a unique perspective on this whole thing being around from the very beginning. Yeah. So for those who don't know who I am. <laughs> uh, so uh, my mom uh, is Kate Wilcott, who started Interaction in 2001 when I was two years old. Um and uh, I was in the first show we did at the Imperial, which was Peter Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Enough. Um, and uh, I, I was one of the, the tanks, one of the, the fairies. And uh, I barely remember it. I was three years old or something. And uh, yeah, I remember. I like, So I've sort of been there, although my memory is hazy for the early stuff. But I've been here since the beginning. Since the beginning, And yeah. so I think to an extent... Um, I can't escape it. <laughs> Not that I want to, but uh, but like I, uh, I, I, do, I think I do have a unique perspective on the, on the company just because it's been with me since as far as my back. It's like you're been your whole context yeah. of growing up. Yeah, and like I think that um, I think that like I, I think that um, it's crazy to see the company grow up at live grown up yeah because you know I mean? how old are you now i'm 22 you're 22 and yeah. we're having our 20th anniversary right yeah, now exactly um and i i mean i think that uh you know it's a it's it's really weird to look at it from this perspective
perspective. Sophie, who's my sister, was born the year we started Interaction. Yeah. So she's also very intrinsically tied into everything it as a company and as a as a, a way of life almost. Totally. Um, it really is like yeah. a lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um you know, we've both taken very different approaches to how we connect to interaction. Mm-hmm. Sophie Sophie is much more connected to it, I think. I don't want to put words in her mouth or anything. She's not here to <laughs> talk about it. But I think she has taken a... Uh, she's worked here. Yeah, that's right. Now. Whereas I, I sort of look at it from an outsider perspective. Yeah. Which I think is, is different. So I know, you know, I follow the shows. I can go see the shows and stuff like that. She's actually working. Like working the shows. Yes, which yeah. is incredible. It must be great for her as someone who, who grew up. Yeah. To do it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that it's absolutely uh, weird for us to, especially like now that we're not, like, because when I graduated from Interaction, it was a really weird experience. I was graduating high school, I was graduating Interaction at the same time. Um, it, it just like my life itself was changing a lot in those couple months. Yeah. So it was. It was a, a big pretty, transition. It was a big transition. And you were moving away to Fredericton to go to school that year? I was or? at that point. So I didn't end up moving to Fredericton at that, that point. Right. I stayed in St. John for two years. But at oh, that yeah, point, that's I right. think I was considering going to You were considering, yeah. Because I had been accepted into St. Thomas. I didn't end up going to St. Thomas, but I had been accepted in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a... Did you feel like you were like leaving something behind, or like? I did. I mean, it, it also coincided with just like a lot of um, changes in my personality and in my mental health. Like, was going undergoing a lot of differences. I was coming out of a, a very deep depression. Yeah. And so I was suddenly like happy again, and at the same time, I'm leaving interaction and I'm leaving high school, and so my whole life is just changing around me. And uh, but it was it was a positive change yeah in a lot of ways because like that was the year i played loyalist man i and, remember uh and that was <clears throat> loyalist man that was a weird <laughs> that was a weird uh like a weird just thing to do because that was a blur yeah like, i remember like we it felt like we did the, the st john history mystery in the course of a week like it really was a blur of just suddenly like, like we're not doing st john history mystery and then we're at the imperial yeah. The whole thing is a blur to me because I was so busy with my final year of school that it all just molds together. I barely remember anything leading up to the show to the itself. Show. I remember being, I remember doing the show and being with APCO mm-hmm. and us working on the on the show, but I don't remember like any of the rehearsal process that well. Yeah. And, yeah. And then I don't remember what, what the APCO show we did that year was. I, I think it was it Macbeth. Might have been Macbeth. It could have been. It might have been Macbeth, which I do remember the rehearsal process for a lot. And I remember that being a cra- like just a crazy. No, you know what? It was not Macbeth. And I know, I know it was not Macbeth. And here's how I know it was not Macbeth. <laughs> was that in the eleventh grade in school? I read Macbeth for school. Yeah. And it was at the same time we as were you doing were doing it. it. So that so was the year before. The year before. Yeah. So I don't. Oh, Jack and the Beanstalk. Jack and the Beanstalk. I missed that one. Because I went to Bali instead, remember? Yes, yes, you were in Bali when we did Jack and the Beanstalk. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it was, just, it, was, it was definitely Jack and the Beanstalk that we were doing. 
was it? No, it wasn't. Ah, uh, no, Jack the Beanstalk. I, okay. I don't need. Wait, wait, it's fine. It's it. fine. I don't think. I don't know which show it was. <laughs> well, um, tell me this. What was your favorite show that you ever did here? Oh, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk was definitely one of them. I had a really good time doing Hansel and Gretel. I remember that one, yeah. Um, so it was probably either of those two. I think. I think Snow Queen and Macbeth were. Oh, I think Snow Queen turned out really well. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Uh, I don't like. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say that was my favorite to do, but I think it was a really good show. Right. Um, and then I think that Macbeth was like one of the most interesting experiences I had doing a show. Yeah. But so much just like crazy stuff happened that it was almost like I I, I don't know. It was it was it was stressful in a lot of ways. Which is not a, like a negative thing that happens with theater, and I think that um, a, a, a show with no stress is not going to be a very good show. No. So I think Macbeth probably turned out pretty well. I also, you know, I wasn't, I couldn't see these shows, so I don't. Like, you don't just, know what it I'm looked going like. Off of the audience reactions and stuff. So well, I, I mean, Macbeth that's real. Yeah. But like for those who don't, who don't know, because probably most people don't know this, one of our actors had a like a medical issue oh, that's right, right before we did Macbeth and he was he's he, he was fine but he had to have surgery and so we uh we had to re completely redo the show to remove one of the actors yeah um and it was already a really small cast because it's Macbeth it doesn't have that many people in it who did you play in that show I was Macduff Macduff I was Macduff and um yeah I, yeah it was Macduff and it was it was a situation where I remember Kate came to me and Ian McGill and said that said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna get one of you to play Macbeth and one of you to play Macduff. You guys pick," and we picked the ones we felt like were the ones that made the less sense. Oh, a challenge! Yes, exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, he picked Macbeth. I picked Macduff. Whereas, like, I think the expectation was that it was gonna be the other way around. Right. And so um, it was more of a challenge because Kate had to keep telling Kate tell me, do it less crazy. <laughs> you are not the villain of Macbeth. You have to tone it down. You are Macduff. He, Macbeth, Macduff does not do that, which is true. I was probably over overdoing it at some points <laughs> with Macduff. Um, he's an intense character, but he is still ultimately the guy who wins and is the the hero of the right. story. The protagonist. The, he, well, he's the antagonist. I mean, he's right. He's the antagonist, but he's the hero. How does that work? So he's he is the Macbeth is the protagonist, but he's a villain protagonist. Oh, because he's the main character. Yeah. Okay. But okay. Macduff okay. is the character who stands in his way. I see. I but see. But Macduff is the one who's the more heroic figure. I see. Yeah. It's compl- it's, it's it's Shakespeare. It's complicated. Thank you for explaining yeah. that to me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, okay, you've grown up in this, like, lifestyle of interaction where you are, we're here a lot. Yes. And so you were here for more than just your classes. Like, yeah. you spent time here doing your own homework, just hanging mm-hmm. out, just waiting, yeah. eating dinner. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, how do you feel like that formed you into the human that you are? Like, what do you notice? Um, I still think about interaction a lot and I still think about, like, I still think of interaction as being a play. Like I'm almost never here anymore. 
Yeah. Um, but I like I think about this as being a like just a place where I can always go, even though I'm almost never here, and especially with COVID, I, I like I, I have I I can't right, be there's here. There's no reason for you yeah, to be so here. Um, and like Sophie obviously doesn't work here right now. Yeah, it's not not um running the the, 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 the company sh- yeah. anymore, and so I, I'm not here almost yeah. like, ever. I still go see the shows. But it's still like yeah. a home for you. It is. It is a sense of a home. And it's a home. I think that interaction is a is a, a, a home mentally too. Where I can I can think. Like I think about interaction sometimes when I'm stressed. I go, you know, when I was in high school and I was doing interaction. Like what, that like in create, and like creatively, I still often rely on what was Kate. What were her, you know, what was she writing? Because, like, I, I, I write and create and stuff, and I always look at, well, okay, when I was in such and such play, Kate wrote this thing, and so I can always, like, I can use those story elements as a way of going, oh, yeah, that's what I should do with the story in this. Oh, yeah, it just like as a I, reference point yes, for you. because I was, there was a period of time where I put too much thought into interactions, um, not not like an unhealthy amount. I, I too much in a in a uh, not in a literal sense. Yeah. But I, I I spent there was a good period of time. I, I probably talked to you about this was the, with the the timeline, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, I, I guess I'll. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. us so, about it. Tell us so, about it. <laughs> I, I figured we were probably going to get here, and yeah. I know it's a little off topic. I no, whatever. We're so just... when I was in, we were doing Movie Maker Camp, Yeah. Um, which was the other part of interaction that I was always doing. I was in Movie Maker Camp from elementary school to, like, the ninth grade, I think. And um, we, as a joke, decided, hey, wouldn't it be funny if all of these movies were in one universe if all of these the movies that we had made were in one universe and we would have laughed and can you throw out just a few classic names uh, for us or be high uh jambal uh behind the mask sort of super uh box deusa box deusa we we were just like night oh, janitor night kid janitor kid janitor i wasn't in that you one. were okay hadn't come out yet but that one is that's a classic that's it is a, a classic one. yeah um but <laughs> Uh, we were like, wouldn't it be funny if these were all in the same universe? And then, like, we kind of wrote out a loose timeline of what order do they take place in. Oh, my gosh. And then we realized at some point, like, a year later, we were, we were doing, I think it was Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. We were like, we could fit this in here, too. And we could fit all these shows in here somewhere. <laughs> and so it became this incredibly complicated mythology of... Where does everything go? How does it work? Um, and I ended up writing a novel for a, a writing class I took in high school, which is awful. Don't ask me to read it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sending it to you. I read it sometimes just to be like, this is what I can't do with my writing because it's very bad. Because <laughs> I was in the 10th grade. And it was, yeah, it cut, I, you I, cut I, yourself some slack. I had to write it in a month, so yeah. I didn't have a lot of time. Um, and, and so there is, I have notes somewhere of all of the different. Can you imagine like a visual representation of this like timeline universe? Yeah. Because like I just, 
I had this flash of like, wouldn't it be so cool if we had like a website yeah, landing page where it was like you doing. click on all of the different yeah. spots and bam. I have an I have an essay I wrote. Yeah. Um, that I I wrote. I don't even remember when. I don't remember why. I was in university when I wrote it, and it was I think probably about a year ago because I would have been. I think it was over Christmas break, and it was just a breakdown. Uh, it was sort of persuasive, of saying if you look at. Specifically, it was Cinderella, Hansel and Gretel, and Jack and the Beanstalk. These are almost certainly the same. Like, these three are a trilogy. Oh. And these three are connected and tie into each other. And and it was it was an interesting thing where, like, when you look at that, there there's suddenly all of this weird nuance to the characters in the plays where you're like, oh, no, like, these are all connected. And it's because they all have the character of Buttons. Oh, yeah, that's right. Buttons, Buttons is, is the three. narrator. Yeah, Buttons yeah. is in all three of those. And so I, <laughs> I started to, like, unofficially refer to it as the Buttons trilogy. The Buttons trilogy. Because, and, and this is all, like, com- like people go, oh, this is a really weird thing to do. I know that. <laughs> I, I, I was bored. And so I wrote this this thing about, okay, so this, like, I tried to figure out what years do these take place and based on what music oh, yeah. they used and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Who was the Buttons character in each of those? So, uh, well, so in... Hansel and Gretel, it was Kennedy. It was Kennedy in, in Hansel and Gretel. It was Will Berry in oh, yeah. Jack and the Beanstalk. Okay. And we've done Cinderella twice. Yeah. The most recent time, it was, it was Charlie. Charlie, yeah. And so we, we just decided, oh, it's the same guy. Right. The same character. The same Three different character. actors, same character. You know, James Bond right. can do it. And or um, Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Doctor yeah. Who, yeah. Buttons. Yeah, we can have them be <laughs> the same character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. I want to make that happen. I want a website where I can go, hmm, which part of the universe collides and then, like, yeah, it watch got, the video. Oh, it got real Baroque at points where we started <laughs> just being, like, like, there were just inside jokes we were writing into it and stuff. It was, it was bad. It was bad. There were some real, like, like, I remember trying to talk to other people who were working on it with me. Yeah. And they were like, okay, you're even losing me now, and I'm helping you with this. I okay, but who know. was helping you with it? Uh, it was, I remember Will and Millet helping me with it. Yeah. Or Paul Adams. Yeah. Paul was helping with it. Yeah. Um, some of the, some of, like, the current APCO kids were, like, involved with it when they were just starting out, yeah. too. Um, I, well, I haven't touched it in years. I, I, well, not years. I think since I wrote that essay, I haven't right. touched it. Just because I'm not, I'm not as well versed in the the what the happenings. No, like nor are. is it your responsibility to maintain it forever. No, no, and I've always <laughs> joked. Like Kate has always joked that I'm like that. My position in the companies is is like lore keeper. One hundred percent. I I'm losing it. I need, I need an apprentice. <laughs> I need to like pick an eight. An apprentice. Like, I yes. need to go into king like the, the Dalai Lama. I need to like go into Kindergarten and like pick a kid and be like, you're now. Doing the it. new lore yeah. keeper. Yeah, Very well. Keeper. Yeah. Um, and that, and you know, and that, that has like creatively influenced me a lot. Yeah. Of, of, uh, when I write, write things, I can draw on ideas that we came up with of how these things connect. Yeah. That are, can be invoked in my writing. Which totally. Is, like, interesting. There are whole characters and stuff that I've, that were created to fill in gaps and stuff like that. So. See, this is the thing that's so great about creative play is that it's like the point isn't 
for you to have like a thing at the end. Yeah. Like the point is exploring and discovering just because you're curious. Yes, I know exactly. And it was a, it was just like an exercise in, in us just playing. And yeah. it was, it was all came down to just like what we thought was fun. It's so much like, fun. wouldn't it be funny if? What? Yes. And that, that is how it starts. It yeah. starts as, wouldn't it be funny if? Yeah these were all connected and then it became us having notes and documents and a book and stuff like that. Um, okay. But tell me like, what are you working on now? Yeah. So now, right now I've been writing, um, I guess I'm like announcing this, which means I actually have to do it. Uh-huh. Which is exciting. Accountability. Accountability. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a, I have a, an anthology. Okay. Uh, that I'm going to like short stories that I'm going to try to publish. May probably self-publish. Okay. That are all um, short stories that are vaguely connected, but that are based on uh, dreams I've had. Okay. So, so that's that's um, gonna come out at some point. Cool. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, so I'm working on stuff like that. There's a, uh, I've written some some stuff for uh, like online contests and stuff like that. There's a, a YouTube channel um, that had a short story contest that I. I wrote a submission for that I think will probably be covered in one of their videos. So, cool. And that, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would not be doing any of that if it wasn't for, for interaction. Right. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. Like I, I don't think I would be doing any of that creative writing or anything like that without interaction. And so I think that I have to give interaction like full, almost like full credit for that because not full credit, but mad like, props, mad props, mad exactly. props, mad props, more than a little bit of credit, not like full, because like, yeah, it, you I'm know, like writing it, but a huge amount of that happens influence, because, yeah, because of interaction, yeah, and um, yeah, so so keep an eye out for all of that, I guess. <laughs> I um, love it, and and I'm always, uh, you know, I'm always down to to work on things with people, I, you know, I have um. Well, yeah, that whole like idea of just collaborating with people for yeah. fun. And I and I I have I have um, helped Kate with stuff for interactions since I left. Yeah. One of the Darren theaters a couple years ago. Oh, fun. The one that was the it was really meta. You know what? Kids. I've kind of been on maternity leave for like four years. That's true. So, so I don't remember. A, there was a dinner theater where it was the kids played Chuck and Kate. Oh my god, I remember that so one that though, because that was Kaya and Charlotte, yes, right? That okay. Came from that came from Kate asking me what the dinner theater should be about, and me jokingly saying, "What if it was about you trying to write the dinner theater?" Yes. At a part, and this was at a party that we had at our house, and she was like, "Okay, we're doing that a hundred percent," and it was also came from. The fact that she, that I, every time she asked me what play they should do, I always, as a joke, said Jurassic Park the Musical. <laughs> and so that was a segment of that dinner theater was Jurassic Park the Musical. Oh my gosh. Um, because I thought it was funny. Yeah. yeah. So like all that we're saying here basically is to embrace your wouldn't it be funny ifs. Yes. A hundred percent. And, 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 and like I did, I did a lot of improv for when I was growing up in yeah. I don't do improv anymore, but like when I was young, I was doing it. And, you know, like in improv, they teach you that you have to yes and. Yes the other, and. The other players. Yeah. But I think one of the most important lessons that they don't teach you from improv is that sometimes you have to yes and yourself. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. you're going to say, wouldn't it be funny if? And then you have to go, 
okay, but actually, would it like like what if I do this? Yeah. Like, what if I actually do it? And 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 I think that like you can you can apply that to creativity, but you can apply it to your regular life too, yeah. to take more risks and things like that. And so that is definitely something I learned from interaction. Was, yeah, risk taking was risk taking and and like jumping in. Not head first. But like taking but a chance on your own ideas. On your own ideas. Yeah. And the idea that like your like your ideas you think can be dumb can be great. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're not gonna hit a hundred percent of the time. Like I said the book I wrote that one year was not good. Well it's but just, just of, drafts, but you know. But there's a lot of great ideas in it. Yeah. I, I go back to it every so often and I read it and I go, There's something here. Yeah. I just didn't know what I was doing. Because I was well, I mean, there's something to be said for editing, you know, exfoliating. Yeah, exactly. I might go back and rewrite it at some point. But, it, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think that, uh, I don't know, I just think that um, you, you have to learn to, to take those, those risks with your life. And I think that I learned that, a lot of that here. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember, like, when we did voice lessons, I mm-hmm. was afraid ever do voice lessons well yeah and you picked a the a ripe time to do it while you were like in doing the change yes yeah yeah um a lot of speak singing i think that's probably why we picked the artists we did yeah but you know what like that was a really interesting moment for me as well because like i was a new new teacher and i had never like taught a young boy how to sing through his voice changing and so i really learned a lot too and it was Mm -hmm. like it was a lot of experimenting for yeah. us. And that's really so much of all that this is, is like test and change. Yeah. You know, like, let's see what works. Let's see exactly. if we need to change a key. Let's see if we need to, like, whatever. Yeah, and I remember us moving octaves down and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, especially as your voice changed, it was like, you know, yeah. like, the whole thing has to I shift. probably sounded very different by the end. You did, you did. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like... You but can, it's like selling it, selling yeah, it. You have to learn to take these these risks like I think that um yeah and I think that like one of the things that interaction have always been so good at is letting the kids and I, I say kids I mean like I mean performers yeah um you know it's it, and when I say kid I don't mean that disrespectfully I'm 22 I'm a kid like yeah you know what I mean but the the, the performers letting them kind of steer the direction because mm-hmm. I remember Hansel and Gretel being largely a lot of those characters emerge from our discussions of what the story would be in the actual classes. Yeah. So I remember Kate telling us, go improvise this scene. We don't have it written. Here's the group of you guys. Go do that scene. And so some of the characters from that emerge out of out of that. What was it like being like sent off with another like group of teenagers to be like, hey, now go and bear your souls with one another. Yeah, go, go write the scene where, uh, you know, what X happens in Hansel and Gretel or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm so glad to hear that. Because we, we didn't know how important it was going to end up being. Yeah. Right. We thought, oh, Kate's just giving us like improvisational, improvisational like team building exercises. Yeah. Little did we know, Kate was scheming, and she was basically used that as a jumping-off point to write the show. Yeah. And so the characters we played, like, I think largely emerged from that place, because I think... And she was smart in that I think she kept the kids who were in those groups largely together. Their yeah. So I think, like, the group of, of kids I went off and, and did those with ended up being the characters that my character interacted with a lot. Because it was, like, Kennedy... 
and Alex Taylor yeah. and Paul and like yeah. people like that and like all of my scenes. It would have been film. all quite strategic, I would imagine. Yes, <laughs> 100%. But from your perspective, it's like, all right, guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you don't, like, you know, when you're a performer, it doesn't matter about your age. When you're a performer, yeah. you don't usually think like, oh, I'm going to have any influence over this you think that you think that like it's gonna be Brechtian and it's gonna be uh, Bertolt Brecht, the, the playwright, he famously called actors Uber marionettes. Oh yeah, he is as a as a means puppets. to basically be like you have no agency over this. I am right. I am the controller. I am the show. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. It might have been true for Brecht, but it's not true for most theater. And it's not. It was definitely definitely not true, true here. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. That's um, one of my favorite things. It's just like. The way that we let the students lead things yeah. and influence things. And it's so much more about just allowing them to have experience with self-expression. Yeah, they express them to express themselves. Yeah. Because if, if you're wholly just doing someone else's work, yeah, you're not expressing yourself. And, and in any great piece of theater, whether it's pre-written, whether it's like, like you could be doing like Beckett or something that's super again like a theater reference but like you could be doing a really like tightly scripted tightly directed show yeah and you're still going to have influence yes over what all of your choices the way that you act it yeah is going to like like if the script says you must be angry in this scene you get to interpret what that means. Yeah. You know what I mean? What anger looks like for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, we would literally just be programming robots to do theater. Yeah. Which we're not doing. No. Um, because robots can't do theater. They can't express. They can't emote. Yeah. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe someday. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that, like, it's important to remember that theater is, like, Theater is uh, collaborative. Yeah. And so is so is like music, and so is everything we do at Interaction. It's collaborative. Yeah. Arts in general. Performing arts. Performing performing, performing arts. One hundred percent. Like, yeah. It's it's a it's a collaborative process if it involves more than one person, which it yeah. usually does. Uh, even like as soon as you share it with somebody. Yeah. Exactly. If yeah. you show if you show, if you show it, it to someone, anybody, it's, it's now collaborative. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that like another sort of it was a humbling experience, but was also very important. Was when we did Word eighteen twelve, which was a show that um, Interaction was hired to do by Parks Canada. I don't remember who hired us to okay. do it for as an anniversary for the uh, the War of eighteen the War of eighteen twelve. It was twenty twelve. It must have been okay. Uh, and then we did it again because we did it in twenty twelve, which was the anniversary of the like the beginning of the War of eighteen twelve. But then we did it again on the 200th anniversary of the end right. of the war. Um, and so I was in that, too. And I remember doing, we would, tr- like, we practiced so hard for that show. We had to learn military marching orders. We had to learn about the War of 1812 and, like, read about it and, and really prepare for, like, to live in that world, basically. Yeah. You know, it was a fairly fun, like, relaxed sort of pop history version of that event but i remember us it was one of our first shows it wasn't our very first show it was one of our first shows there were two people in the audience like like no one like two people showed up yeah 
and we did the show anyway. Yeah, of course. And we did it. We gave it as like we gave it as much as we would have on a normal night. Yeah. And it's be and that was another important moment of like sometimes you're not doing theater for the audience. Sometimes you're doing theater for the theater. You're doing it for the sake of the art. Yes. And I'm a big believer in art for art's sake. Like you create. You do create for other people, and you do create. For yeah, other but you consumers. create for the sake of creating. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You're making art for the sake of making art, and you, you know you want to make money off of it, and you want to you want to do well. And, yeah. And uh, you know we did with stuff like one week and twelve, and with all the interaction shows, but ultimately it's about expressing yourself and yeah. doing, like, doing it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. And then you know, like it's now almost 10 years later since we did War of 1812 and I you know I still read books about the War of 1812 and I still look into that so so that that influenced me just from the perspective of like learning about this history this underrepresented era of history yeah 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 so you create every day I do I create every day I would yeah. say I create and I think that I think most people probably do in a way that they don't even Yes, but you like actively create every day. I do because I, I mean, I have a, I have a like a full time job and stuff yeah. like that. But I, I, I can't if I go like more than a day or so without doing any sort of creative activity, I like lose my mind. Uh huh. I can't do it. Uh huh. I need to work on these things. Um, the other problem is that I, I'm bad at finishing them, but I, I need to work on. But that's the thing we need to remember. It's not about finishing things. It's not them. about finishing things. It's nice to finish It's things. nice to finish because, things. I mean, now I've said, oh, here's all the things <laughs> I have to finish, so I actually have to. But it's important to remember that you're, you know, like you are creating. It's like working out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's accumulative. If I don't go to the gym, I feel like I feel lethargic and yeah. I feel less healthy than I do when I'm like going every every day or every other day or whatever to like actually go and it's the same thing with writing it's the same thing with writing it's the same thing with creativity I I remember being in and 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 we talk about like collaboration and stuff like the most important thing I think you can do if you want to be a writer is go to workshops yeah workshop your writing with other people and go I took classes in in the university of like just writing workshops. There was a class I took at uh, the University of New Brunswick in Fredericton with a professor who's I, I'm like his name unfortunately escapes me. He was a terrific professor, but I do not remember the man because <laughs> um, it was years ago at this point. And that was an incredibly enriching class because he would basically sit us down. And he'd just have us talk about the pieces that we had written and then that we had read by each other. And it was incredible because he was, he, he was, as a professor, he just sort of had to get the ball rolling. Right. And we did, we taught ourselves the lessons that had to be taught because it was subjective art. Yeah. Well, in doing it is the only way to learn how to do it. Yeah. And he, I mean, obviously he was still the professor and he was still like teaching us and stuff, but so much of it was our responsibility to figure out what works about this piece, what doesn't work about this yeah. piece, and to look at it, and then he would go, okay, now you gotta, you got to go back and rewrite it. And that was the version that he was, like, grading, was what 
what you had reworked. What you had reworked. Well, that's the most important part yes. that people forget about, you know? Like, you, you just slap it. it down, but, like, I'm yeah. on draft five of my show right now. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, you can't, you, you know, like, you, you don't do, you don't do one take. You don't no. Do one Over and, it's practice. Version. It's exactly. practice. It's practice. And, like, um, you know, like, a, I remember, like, Dan, my grand, like my grandfather, yeah. who's a, a terrific chess player one of the best in probably the province yeah he he i remember him teaching me when i was very young that like you don't become good at chess by winning every game you become good at chess by losing most games yeah you know and then I mean? learning from your mistakes and then learning from your mistakes and it's the same thing with writing it's the same thing with sports like it's a cliche now but Wayne Gretzky said the what you miss 100% of the shots you don't take uh-huh. right Which, it's like, true but it's true it's right? true like, he, he is right if you don't take those risks and you don't you don't uh you need to fall to pick yourself back up yeah it's like that line from the Batman movie or whatever I forget which one <laughs> but you know if you need you need to you can't pick yourself up if you don't fall down. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You can't pick yourself up if you don't fall down. And uh, I don't know. I feel like this podcast Re- is just being me saying cliches. But like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I well, okay. But here's the thing is that it's all true, right? It's all true. Though, it's all right? true. And the thing that I'm noticing just like as I'm having conversations with like past and present students yeah. from interaction is that everybody's got this same thing where it's like, I just feel confident. Yeah, 100%. I just feel confident yeah. and I can be present. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, those are two skills that like everybody in the world would die for. Yeah. To be confident and be present. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, we just like take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. We do. We absolutely do. And that's a, that's a thing you learn doing art and you do, that I learned doing, you know, art here. Yeah. Was I had to, I had to be afraid to, I don't know, like. Not fail because I don't think we fail. Well, as no. Perfor- as performers, but I think that we. So, like, what happens? You take a risk. You rehearse. You don't it, do the play the day. You don't do exactly. The play day one. Exactly. Yeah, you work out all the kinks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that so much of the beauty is that we, there is no fail, right? Yeah. Are we, am I about to quote Ryota? Did that almost happen? It did. I would, that's exactly. Okay. <laughs> But that's kind of, but do or do not, there is no try is almost sort of the opposite. Because what we're saying is you have to try. You have to try. You know that's I mean? the point. Yeah. The point is trying. You, you you do or you do not buy trying. Yes. You know, Yoda's wrong. Whoa. I'm coming at you. Shots fired, Yoda. We're coming for you. This podcast has beef with Yoda now. I am a little nervous about yeah. my responsibility That'd in that. Um, I think it'll be okay, though. Yeah. He died at the end of one of them. I lost track of the Star Wars universe a long time ago. Oh, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, let's call it a day for I now. Think so too. I think we're probably over time. Uh, not too bad. Yeah. And besides, you we learned out, like all of the all of me going. Well, no, I think what's really important is that you need to take risks. To take and, risks. Yeah. yeah. But... No, I think that's probably the part I'll definitely keep in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you Thanks. so much, Elijah. Hey, Well, holy crow, that was a lot of details to keep in line. Leave it up to Elijah Wilcott to create the web of alternate universes that could potentially exist within 
every story we've ever told at Interaction. Whew. Stay tuned next week for an interview with Charlotte Colpitz, one of our ATCO students, who started way back when she was a wee done sort of three. See you then. Thank you.